0: In in 1943, the tide of battle had turned. The American forces, led by the largest Navy in history, were preparing to meet the embattled enemy. Millions of men, thousands of ships made ready for this great offensive. And at the island of Taratupa in the heart of the South Pacific, the men of P.T. Boat 73 under Lieutenant Commander Quinton McHale had more than their share of hazardous missions. Hi, I'm
1: Teddy Lester, and you are listening to P.T. Conference.
0: Ed Robertson with a reminder that Michael Lurden will join us in our second hour. Plus, we'll replay a conversation with another famous TV mom, June Lockhart, as part of our special Mother's Day weekend program. We'll help you stay tuned for both those conversations. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us as we continue our look at McHale's Navy. All four seasons of McHale's Navy available through Shout Factory. Extra features include both of the McHale's Navy theatrical motion pictures released around 1964. Before we went to break, Greg was talking about how McHale's Navy was conceived as a broad farce that more or less was like Sergeant Bilko, only set in the Navy during World War II. Although I understand that... It was originally conceived as an hour-long dramatic series, and I and I I seem to think a pilot, an hour-long pilot, was actually filmed. Yes. Didn't go anywhere. And Gene L. Kuhn, who later became the man who in many respects made Star Trek the original series, Star Trek the original series, he was brought in as a script doctor and he retooled the concept and he made it possible for Universal slash Review to uh, REVU uh, to sell the retooled McHale's Navy as a sitcom to ABC.
1: Yes, and Review Studios also gave us uh, Leave with the Beaver and the Munsters and McHale's Navy is... No more an accurate representation of World War II than those shows. Yeah. Um, the uh, the interesting thing is we had uh, we talked to Marty Croft a few weeks back, and uh, unbeknownst uh, to me anyway, Cy Rose was one of the writers, and I think he may have even been story editor. Cy Rose helped create H.R. Puff and stuff, mm-hmm. and co-wrote the movie with um, and he uh, was instrumental in developing the show and. Billy Hayes was essentially the Joe Flynn role, and she had two flunkies who she was constantly telling her schemes to and, and treating badly. And she was trying to get the flute and trying to thwart the good guys, and that's basically what um, Binghamton's role was, that he was always trying to get them, to trap them, to reveal to the, to the admiral what they were up to. But he would do these these dastardly schemes to entrap them and sometimes they were doing kind of sneaky things but they were mild generally and the irony is that sometimes a Japanese attack would actually come in handy uh out of nowhere there'd be a Japanese attack uh, and they'd do something heroic and there would be the well done Mikhail, from the Admiral and then Joe Flynn would go and everything would be fine. but Or they'd do something nice for the orphanage or something like that. So they had hearts of gold. So he would always be thwarted, but so was Pooh. So it's kind of funny that those shows are so closely related. Uh, but it was not ever, ever to be taken seriously. Um, however, what would be taken seriously now is the... Um, I I think if we were to let' let's go into let's go into the office, sit down at, I'll sit down at my desk and I'll fold my hands, I'll take my glasses, I'll fold my hands and I'll cock my head to the side and talk about that there is some troubling, uncomfortable uh, incorrectness that is problematic about this show. Uh, and that is that there is a word they use constantly. On almost every episode the most endearing characters refer to the Japanese in a way that Nabisco refers to a uh, cheese snack little little crackers um, that that are cheese flavored I think you know what I'm referring to but I don't want to say it because it's not nice well they say it all the time on the show they also have a POW they call him a PW named Fuji who basically uh, does their delicious cooking for them. And as an object, he's a stereotype. He's he's sometimes free to go dating and getting out. And by the third season, he comes and goes. But quite often, they have to hide him from, from uh, Joe Flynn because what's he doing there? Sometimes he pretends to be an entire Japanese army. Um, but he's very clearly not something that is comfortable nowadays. So there are aspects that... Uh, you, you had to be there and just know that there well, were veterans watching the
0: show. Yeah, you have. It was uh, not to apologize for the use of what of of racial slurs on Mikhail's Navy, but it was written uh, fifty years ago. It, it was written by a, a, a different generation of writers. It was written by a generation of writers who were not that far removed. From World War II. And uh, there was the, dare I say it, the, the audience was, I mean, look, we were a little, I would like to think we're a little more enlightened today. But back then, there was still a lot of animosity towards Japanese Americans at, at the time. And that's reflected in, in the dialogue.
1: Yes, it's, and, and we in no way are saying that that is right. Um, as as Woody Goldberg says on the Looney Tunes box sets, it wasn't right then, it isn't right now. Yeah. But to, um, but to not see them would be um, to, to pretend they didn't exist. And the fact of the matter is, McHale's Navy was a wildly popular show on ABC. It was, uh, it, like I said, it, it was so popular. It was made into very popular films. Um, the first one especially and it gave us Tim Conway because thanks to Rosemary discovering him at a radio station, this show made him into a comedy star. And um, Joe Flynn had come off of the unfortunate kind of firing from the Joey Bishop show, uh, one, uh, <laughs> rumored that he was just too funny and Joey Bishop never liked that apparently. And, and, but it was better that he was on because Joe Flynn's entire career Um, Was was because he wanted to be a dramatic actor originally, but he simply became very obvious he was funny in the roles he played. And he always played, invariably, this kind of role. Um, I'll give you a little interesting trivia about the Joe Flynn character. Um, The Hair Bear Bunch, which I've reviewed on TV Confidential, one of my favorite Hanna-Barbera cartoons from 1972, I believe, uh, was kind of like Mikel's Navy in a way because um, Mr. Peebley and Botch, you know, you had the zookeeper and his flunky, and then you had the bears that never did anything they were supposed to do either, and he was always trying to get the bears. Well, that was supposed to be Joe Flynn playing Mr. Peebley, and he was hired to do it. And um, he, he, it was hard for Joe Flynn, with that much dialogue, to do, to sustain the Joe Flynn voice. So, Joe Barbera replaced him with John Stevenson, and he varies it between episodes, but he does a spot-on Joe Flynn impression. They paid Joe Flynn, but he didn't do the voice in the series. Now, the same thing happened to Paul Lynde. However, Paul Lind learned, and Joe Barbera actually trained him, because it's different when you do a voice for a cartoon or for radio, you have to, you have to project it, it's it's hard to play yourself. And when Janet Waldo said that when Paul Lind was doing the Paras of Penelope Pitstop, he held back. He wasn't being Paul Lynde enough. And that Barbara and, and uh, it was either Gordon Hunt or Alan um, Dinehart or whoever was directing were coaching him on being Paul Lynde. And he was sensational at it, so much so that he did one of the greatest animation roles which was Templeton in Charlotte's Web. And uh, and he did It's the Wolf, Mildew Wolf. He did a lot of it. But Joe Flynn couldn't get it. He did do The Rescuers for Disney. But if you notice, the Mr. Snoop's character isn't in it very much in the movie. But Mr. Peevely has a ton of dialogue. So, But Joe Flynn was, a, as Merv said, when Joe Flynn was a frequent guest, Merv would introduce him. And now here comes an actor who was a fixture at the Walt Disney Studios. Joe Flynn and you know he was known as the as the official you know curmudgeon in disney movies in the 70s and the kurt russell movies in the million dollar duck you know it was he was just in so many and he formed that character on on the show plus there's a lot of uh guests you know yvonne craig is in is one of them and um marlo thomas has an early role in, in one, so it's it's fun to spot some of those folks and a lot of the great character actors. The terrific Carl Ballantyne plays one of the crewmen. I mean, he's so good, he's he's the flim-flam guy, who does his funny magic act, which he was known for, the great Ballantyne. Yeah,
0: as did uh, Billy, Billy Sands was a crew member, I, th- I believe. Uh, uh, uh Gavin McLeod.
1: Gavin McLeod was in it a couple of seasons as Happy, mm-hmm.
0: yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and that
1: wasn't mentioned much with his passing. That wasn't brought up much, but that was probably his first comp. That was his first sitcom.
0: I believe that was his first sitcom. So, you know, a lot of familiar faces in McHale's Navy, all four seasons available through Shout Factory, including the two feature motion pictures that were made, uh, or circa nineteen sixty-five, sixty-six. One of which, McHale's Navy joins the Army. That's the one without Ernest Borgnine, correct?
1: The Air Force. Yeah, McHale's Navy joins the Air Force. does not have Ernest Borgnine, and those are sold separately. Um,
0: okay, they're not part from, of the box set. From
1: the television show.
0: Okay, because I misspoke. We'll clarify this. All four seasons of McHale's Navy available as a box set through our friends at Shout Factory, the two McHale's Navy... Movies are available as separate releases from Shout Factory. You can read Greg Airbar twice a month, cartoonresearch.com. We'll continue our special Mother's Day edition of TV Confidential. On the other side of the break, we will replay conversation with June Lockhart that originally aired in 2015. Plus, we'll play a brand new conversation with Michael Learned. All that and more coming up in hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us.